Here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the Chicago Bears. This is the Bears Wire Podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now your host, Ryan O'Leary and Bears Wire editor, Alyssa Barbieri. Welcome to another edition of the Bears Wire podcast. I'm Steve Bortstein filling in for Ryan O'Leary this week. Is uh, He's got some family things going on. We're real excited for him. So I'm uh, also excited to be uh, filling in for him. Thanks to the folks at the USA Today Sports Media Group for allowing me to uh, sit in the captain's chair this week. We're talking to Alyssa Barbieri. She is the editor of the Bears Wire. And Alyssa, thanks so much for taking time with us this afternoon. Yeah, this is exciting. I mean, obviously, Bears coming off a disappointing uh, loss to the Packers, but, you know, excited to talk about some of the positives that came out of the game and looking forward to the Tampa game. Yeah, let's talk about some of the positives. And I, I think one of the positives I come away with is that when you look back at some of the shenanigans of earlier this season and going back to last month with the, the real negative uh, connotations that went around the team regarding Kyle Nagy and Justin Fields, the fact that the Bears are three and three, I think, is surprising to some. And, and give me your takeaway on that, and especially as you go back and look back at last weekend's game against Green Bay. Yeah, and, you know, kind of looking at the schedule before the season started, I expected them to be three and three. I thought that if they were sitting at three and three at this point of the season, that would be exactly where they should have been considering some of the teams they've had to play. You know, there were some games that like I thought might've been a little bit different. You know, there were some that were, you know, more of a blowout than maybe we expected, but I mean, I feel like they're in a good position. Obviously the offense, that's what's going to need to get better here. The defense is much better than many people expected. Sean decides doing a great, uh, great job with that unit. Uh, considering that they, you know, don't have the talent, all the talent that they have had in the past. So, I mean, like, I feel right now sitting at three and three in the middle of the toughest stretch of their schedule, I, I think they're doing pretty good. Talking to Alyssa Barbieri of the Bears Wire here on the Bears Wire podcast. Let's talk about the Justin Fields situation, because, like I said, it wasn't just a month ago that those around the team and certainly those uh, prognosticators and, and opinion makers around the NFL were calling into question basically everything regarding the plan for Justin Fields going forward. And uh, so what's been your impression of how this rookie quarterback has handled his baptism by fire this season? I mean, I think it's going about what many people would expect. Uh, you know, he is a rookie after all. He wasn't going to come in here and just absolutely light it up. There are going to be expected rookie growing pains. But at the same time, he's showing, you know, some of those intangibles that people saw in the pre-draft process that showed that he could be a really special quarterback. You know, he, you know, there are still some things that he's struggling with, holding on to the ball a little too long. He's one of the most sacked quarterbacks in the NFL, and it's not all on the offensive line. You know, he's there are a couple of misreads here and there, but at the same time, when you kind of see those two scoring drives uh, that he led the Bears on against the Packers, you know, those were some special moments where he really showed command of this offense. And one of the things I think you can say is that every week you're seeing that incremental progress that Matt Nagy was talking about. And I think at this point, it's just the more that he's out in the field, getting that experience, getting to make some of those mistakes that's going to help him down the line. I mean, I'm pretty, I'm pretty pleased with what I've seen from Justin Fields so far. Uh, so I just, I guess we just have to hope that the offense can score more than 16 points a game. 
<laughs> Alyssa Barbieri joining us here on the Bears Wire podcast. I want to get into the defense here in a moment, but also want to get your takeaway on rookie running back Khalil Herbert, who the latest running back uh, this season to step up for the Bears, coming off a spotlight performance, 19 carries, 97 yards, a touchdown against Green Bay, a sixth round pick this offseason. Herbert's had pretty two pretty good outings so far. So give us your perspective on what you see from uh, rookie Khalil Herbert. Yeah, he was someone I was really excited to see this year. And given the depth at running back, he was number three. I was like, okay, we're probably not going to see a lot of him this year. You know, I was looking forward to seeing more of him in the second year with David Montgomery. And things just, you know, they happen in the NFL. Montgomery goes down. Damian Williams landed on the reserve COVID list. So he really got an opportunity to really step up and shine. And if there's one thing that Ryan Pace, I know he doesn't always get first round draft picks right, but he always does manage to find some of those late round steals. And, you know, Khalil Herbert was someone that everyone was looking at. He just really stepped up to the plate. And it's it's really impressive because you look at the success that the Bears have had in the run game with three different guys. And I, you know, and they don't even have Tariq Cohen back, right? He's still on the pup list. So I think that you could even argue that the Bears have one of the better running back groups in the in the league. Talking to Alyssa Barbieri from the Bears Wire. We'll take a quick uh, pause here for a moment. And when we come back, we'll chat with Alyssa about the Bears defense as we look ahead to this weekend's matchup coming up against Tampa Bay. You're listening to the Bears Wire podcast. This is the Typico Sportsbook Fantasy Minute. Let's make this interesting. Interesting. Welcome to week number seven. I'm Corey Benini of TheHuddle.com, here to bring you strong plays as we navigate six teams on by. Quarterback Matt Ryan, Atlanta Falcons, at Miami Dolphins. Coming off of a bye week of his own, Ryan gets wide receiver Calvin Ridley back in the lineup, and it looks like wideout Russell Gage has a chance to return as well. The entire offense seems to be coming around to Arthur Smith's system, and the last time we saw Ryan, he was dropping dimes to rookie tight end Kyle Pitts. Miami has allowed 12 passing touchdowns, picking off only two passes since week one, and three teams have given up more fantasy points to the position in this time. Each one of those teams has allowed at least two rushing scores to inflate the matchup data. With injury concerns at both of the starting cornerback positions, Miami may have a hard time keeping Ryan under wraps. Running back J.D. McKissick, Washington football team at Green Bay Packers. McKissick's three strong games this year have come against the Giants, the Falcons, and the Chiefs. All terrible defenses. The Chargers, Bills, and Saints shut him down. Green Bay is somewhere in the middle right now, largely due to injuries. Green Bay's offense can hang points with the best of them, and Washington hasn't been able to stop a receiver for anything this season. Furthermore, it's unclear if running back Antonio Gibson will be able to play through his continued shin injury after exiting the lineup multiple times last week. His absence would mean more work for McKissick. Detroit Lions wide receiver Amon Ross St. Brown at Los Angeles Rams. LA's defense of wide receivers isn't nearly as strong as it may seem, at least from a fantasy perspective in PPR. Some of that's by design. In the last five weeks, only Tennessee has given up more catches to the position. Washington has allowed one fewer reception but seven more touchdowns in that time. The Rams are playing extremely well with a version of bend but don't break defense. They'll happily give up a lot of short area passing volume to prevent the long ball as evidenced by a dozen players over six games having five or more receptions against this unit in 2021. In a revenge game for Matthew Stafford, Detroit will be forced to throw like crazy to have a chance. Not that the Lions actually have a chance. 
St. Brown should be heavily targeted. Get him in all PPR lineups, especially with so many teams on a bye. Arizona Cardinals tight end, Zach Ertz versus the Houston Texans. Still feels weird to say, doesn't it? He posted four catches, 29 yards, and a touchdown in week six Thursday night game before being traded the next day. This week, Houston comes to visit and brings its feeble defense of tight ends. The position has averaged 5.6 receptions, 67 yards, and a touchdown every 7.3 catches. All of these are top nine figures working in Ertz's favor. Additionally, Houston has been surprisingly good against wide receivers, which would mean Kyler Murray is frequently looking toward his new tight end. For more fantasy football tips and advice, please check out our award-winning content at thehuddle.com. That was your typical sportsbook fantasy minute. Win your fantasy football league with thehuddle.com and use them to dominate player prop bets at typical sportsbook. For a limited time, new typical sportsbook users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at USA Today bet.com slash podcast that's usa today bet.com slash podcast see typico.com for terms and conditions 21 plus only gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in new jersey 1-800-522-4700 in colorado this is the typical sportsbook minute let's make this interesting What's up? This is Jeff Clark from the Bet Slippin' Podcast presented by SportsbookWire.com. I'm here with my homie Nathan Beagle to help break down this week's Sunday Night Football game with the Indianapolis Colts visiting the San Francisco 49ers. Our friends at Typico Sportsbook have the 49ers favored 4.5 with the total sitting at 43.5. I like the Indianapolis Colts to cover this number because they're 4-2 against the spread so far this year. Their offense is trending up with T.Y. Hilton coming back and Wentz getting settled into his new scheme. Also, the 49ers are 5-13-1 against the spread at home since Kyle Shanahan became head coach in 2017. Nate, how are you betting your money in this game? I like San Francisco in this game, especially with them having the seventh best pass defense in the NFL and Jimmy G returning. Jimmy G has only lost two games this season, and they were to Green Bay and Seattle, having beaten Philadelphia and Detroit, both by more than four points. I'm rolling with the home dog coming off a bye week. That was your typical Sportsbook Minute. For a limited time, new users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. See typico.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus only gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. And now back with the Bears Wire podcast, talking to Alyssa Barbieri. We appreciate your time. Let's get to the defense here for a moment. And when the Chicago Bears signed uh, Robert Quinn to a massive five-year, $70 million deal back before the start of last season, the expectation was that Quinn and Khalil Mack would be that formidable pass-rushing duo. It took a little while to get there, but they appear to be there now. Talk about what your impressions have been so far of this uh, Bears defensive linebacking core and how much Quinn possibly missing this weekend against Tampa Bay uh, could be a problem this weekend. Yeah, I think after the year that he had, the disappointing year that Quinn had last year, it was going to be hard to, to be much worse than that. But you just kind of see the like how he stepped up this year. That's what everyone was expecting to see when they signed him to that, that five-year, five $70 million contract. Him and Khalil Mack are the best pass-rushing duo by stats <laughs> at this point where they combined for 11 and a half sacks. Like, 
watching seeing what Quinn's been able to do, it's you know, it's been really impressive. And the pass rush has been one of the big reasons that the Bears defense has found success. And that's what they needed, especially with uh, a weak secondary where Jalen Johnson's probably the only guy right now that's, you know, probably one of the better ones. Uh, so, I mean, I've been really impressed with what Quinn's been able to do uh, in the pass rush. And gosh, the, you know, that's going to be a brutal blow if he can't go. He's on the reserve COVID list right now. And, you know, Matt Nagy would not rule him out this week, which he did pretty early for Damian Williams last week. So the hope is, I mean, he appears to be vaccinated, because he normally is walking around the house, hollering press conferences, not wearing his mask. So if he's able to have those two negative tests by Sunday, that would just be huge. Otherwise, the Bears are down to essentially two outside linebackers that started the season, and Khalil Mack and second-year pro Travis Gibson. So, and and they elevated Sam Kamara from the practice squad, but it just would not be the same, especially com, you know considering all the different things Sean Desai has been able to do with both Mack and Quinn and. You know, they've really, you know, it's really frustrating that Quinn's kind of found his footing and now something like this happens. But, you know, it, it is what it is. Alyssa Barbieri joining us here on the Bears Wire podcast. Let's go from the good stories on the defense to what I think has been one of the more negative stories as far as this defense is concerned. And that's been safety Eddie Jackson. I thought after he signed that big contract extension, I think it was the beginning of last offseason that uh, he was expected to be that next guy uh, in that defensive backfield. I thought he was going to turn out to be one of the really great defensive backs of the Bears in the last couple of in the last couple of decades. Instead, it's been kind of a mess, to say the least, I think, for Eddie Jackson. So give me your takeaway uh, on where the Bears are with Jackson at this point in the season. Yeah, he's easily been the biggest disappointment, I think you could say, this season. You know, considering what he was able to do in his first two seasons, being the kind of play defensive playmaker that they've needed. But the thing that he's never kind of always never really been good at is tackling. And that's been the main issue with him, because not only is he struggling tackling and it doesn't help when earlier he was, uh, I think it was back in training camp. He was caught on film kind of telling some of these younger defensive backs, you know, oh, everyone can tackle. You know, you have to go and get after the football. What are you going to do? And it didn't help that in week one against the Rams, that missed tackle that him and Gibson had. Uh, you know, it's just it's kind of kind of snowballed out of control here a little bit. But and, you know, you have guys calling him out, you know, former Bears calling him out and asking him to make plays. It, it's just it's been really frustrating, you know, because he doesn't have that play. He, he hasn't been able to make those kind of plays that he did in the past that had masked that those tackling concerns. And even though he kind of the tackling has never really been his strong suit, the expectation, especially when you paid him that big contract to make him one of the top paid safeties in the league was that that's something that would evolve that he needs to work to get better at. And that's just been one of the biggest problems this year. Alyssa Barbieri, managing editor of the Bears Wire, joining us on the Bears Wire podcast. Let's uh, step back a second, look at the rest of the of the NFC North here. And clearly you've got Green Bay sitting where they normally do atop the division. And I know that's not what Bears fans want to hear, but uh, that's, the, that's the truth of the story here. Then you've got uh, the Bears and the Vikings uh, doing battle in the middle part of the division. And then, of course, the dreadful Detroit Lions rounding out the division. Give me your takeaway on where this division is right now and, and how the Bears find them themselves into a postseason chase later on this year after what you see the first six weeks of the season yeah I think it's kind of gone as everyone has expected that the Packers are leading the way with Aaron Rodgers there I think that's what many expected which is why earlier in the offseason when there were rumors about Rodgers being out in Green Bay everyone was excited because it was the opportunity to kind of shake up the division 
But right now it's going exactly as expected. You know, the Bears are tied with the Vikings and kind of looking at any route to the postseason, it's going to probably have to come as a wild card berth. And right now they're, I know we have a long way to go, but currently right now they're that first team sitting out behind uh, the Vikings in the postseason. So, you know, it's going to be tough for them too because they're going to have to win these division games I know they play the Packers again later this year, but until they can actually beat Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers there, which they haven't been able to do the last five times, you know, it's kind of hard to even give them a chance to win that game. But, you know, Matt Nagy and this Bears team have been pretty good against the Vikings and the Lions, so they're going to have to win those division games. They have some rough games on the schedule coming up here, but there are are some winnable games too, and they need to kind of get back to more of that complimentary football that helped them pull off that upset against the Raiders a couple weeks ago. First up, though, is going to be Tampa Bay, and it's a revenge game, if you will, for the Buccaneers coming off that that uh, primetime loss last year, 20 to 19. Give me your thoughts about this matchup and in particular how this defense plans to handle sort of the resurgence now of tight end O.J. Howard, who had a big performance last week and then running back Leonard Fournette, who uh, for for fans of Tom Brady, ha- him having another kind of pass catching running back out of the backfield. It's not good sign for a lot of other opposing teams to defenses give me your takeaway on the Buccaneers this weekend yeah this is going to be a pretty pretty big game uh it's not good when you know you're initially 13 and a half point underdogs <laughs> to start it off like that's just giving you no chance at all uh but obviously if they're going to if there's going to be a chance the defense has to step up they were able to do it last year but again like we were talking about Robert Quinn potentially being out, that would just be a brutal blow because the secondary has its weaknesses and the pass rush, they were able to get to Tom Brady at times last week. So that they're really going to have to step up. Khalil Mack's going to have to have another one of those games, maybe throw Tristan Wirfs down with one arm again. Uh, Roquan Smith uh, is going to need to have a big game, especially against OJ Howard, like you said. Um, So, I mean, it's, but again, it always comes back to the offense because the defense can do what they do. But in a game like this where the Bears aren't going to be able to completely stop the Buccaneers, they're going to do their best to limit them. The offense needs to step up and do its job. And it's going to be really difficult against one of the best front sevens in football, but there are some weaknesses that they can target uh, in the secondary with with them wearing thin at cornerback. But again, that's going to be another big test for this offensive line. It's just no matter how you look at it, I'm trying to convince myself that, you know, maybe the Bears stand a chance. I don't think they do. It's going to be, it's, I think it's going to be a brutal, pretty brutal game. <laughs> Alyssa Barbieri joining us here on the Bears Wire podcast. Alyssa, tell our uh, listeners again how uh, we can get more of your, uh, your, of your thoughts and uh, more of your work on social media. Yeah, you can uh, catch my work at bearswire.com and you can follow me on Twitter at Alyssa Barbieri. Good stuff. Alyssa, thank you so much for your time once again. And uh, thanks for letting me sit in the captain's chair this week. And hopefully we'll get a chance to talk again very soon. Oh, definitely. Thanks for having me. You bet. Bye bye. This USA Today sports podcast has been presented by USA Today's sports media group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.